honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live. I am your host, Alex Doherty, and I am here with my co-host, Sean Smith. Sean, what's up? You know, Alex, you always ask me what's up, but I never ask you what's up. What is up with me is we have a fantastic show lined up for the fans tonight. Uh, Talking about the Nashville Predators, of course, the Preds have wins in the last week over the Rangers and Sharks before losing to the Canucks last night. It's been a pretty pretty productive last three games for the Nashville Predators. We're going to talk about the results of those uh, games, of course. And also, we're going to talk about Barry Trotz, general manager of the Nashville Predators, and some of the recent strategies he's uh, busted out in uh, this early part of the season. Sean has uh, some interesting interesting takes on uh, on last night's game. Yeah, and I've got some things to say. Some things to say about what he saw last night with the Predators falling to the Vancouver Canucks. And we're going to talk about some other players, of course, guys like Kiefer Sherwood, Tommy Novak. We're going to talk about some offense stuff. Then we're going to have the three-on-three draft, of course, everyone's favorite, at the very end of the show. But we're going to start with the puck drop topic. Puck drop tonight is, are you surprised or disappointed after the Preds' 3-4 and four start to the season? So seven games, they're 3-4. and four. Are you surprised or disappointed? Go. I am surprised that I'm disappointed. Okay. All right. You kind of cheated, but I, I like that's it. It's not cheating. Listen, it's it's reality here. Look, if you told me at the beginning of the season, look, after seven games, spreads are going to be three and four, I would have said, okay, it's fair. That's fine. But I'll tell you, they're, they're three and four, and I feel like I'm disappointed because I feel like some of those losses could have been could have been wins. Okay. And, I, and I, when I look at it from that perspective – I'm surprised that that's the situation that that we're discussing right now. Okay. I think I should have – if it was, okay, it's three and four, I, I could have been like, okay, believable, fair, I'm good with it. But based on the results, based on the gameplay, I feel like it could be a little bit different. Mm. I would say I'm surprised because I didn't think that they would – I mean, this sounds bad, but I did not think that they would have three wins at this point. This is a tough first seven games. First, really, the first ten games, if you include the Toronto Maple Leafs this coming Saturday, and then you know we all thought Seattle would be better. But um, I, I really thought when I saw the first ten games of the season, I thought it was going to be like two and eight. Maybe they'd only have one win, just based on I mean, Tampa, Boston, Edmonton, Rangers, Maple Leafs, Seattle twice. Like, that's tough. I, I figured they'd probably beat the Sharks. They did. I thought they'd probably beat the Canucks. They didn't. I thought two wins in these first ten games. They've already got They've already got three. Yeah, I, I thought two, three seemed about right. That's okay. why I'm surprised that I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, by the way, you can text the show. Uh, the text line is open, 615-737-1025. Uh, uh, we have a text uh, that, com- that came in. I'm going to read that in just one second. Ooh. But I, I do want to – I, I want to real quickly go all the way back to last Thursday, and the Predators were – Coming off that awful loss to the Edmonton Oilers where Leon Dreisaitl destroyed them yet again. And everyone's favorite hero stepped up to the plate in the first period in Madison Square Garden. And Sean Sean Smith's brother from another mother, or from the same mother, I don't know, Cole Smith, 
Got two goals. Can you can you cl- clarify if you're related to, to Mr. Cole Smith? There's no relation. Okay. I, I don't know. I know Smith's not a very common name. It's not one you see a lot. Uh, but somehow, Cole and I are not related. Well, I, I, there's probably a lot, of, a lot of Smiths out there you're nope, probably not related to. just very to, right? few. Uh, oh, yeah. No, not related to many, honestly. But Cole Smith gets two goals. Uh, and then, the, of course, the, the power play was was pretty good that night. Really impressive win coming back from the Oilers' loss. The Rangers get that win. I'm sorry. The Predators get that win over the Rangers. Then on Saturday, they take on the Seattle—the Seattle, uh, San Jose Sharks— um, I, I would say the score may be a little misleading. Still a good win over a bad Sharks team, but five to one was a little bit of a generous I you know, honestly they, they didn't they played them more even than that. Yeah. There was a couple couple easy goals in there and uh Keith for sure would basically took over the game in the second period, right? Yeah. Just I mean, really a powerhouse this season and I, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to see it. I, I he seems like a great guy and uh <laughs> playing some inspired hockey right now. Yep, and so uh, Kiefer Sherwood gets a Gordie Howe hat trick. Now, I, now here's where I want to read our tweet. Oh. I'm sorry, not our tweet, but our text. Our text. This is coming from Skyler. He says, get my boy Tommy Novak more shots on goal. Well, Skyler, Tommy Novak had a shot on goal and a goal, actually, in that game against San Jose. He had a beautiful goal from a pass by Kiefer Sherwood. Uh, thanks, Skyler, for texting the show. But Tommy Novak had a goal, and then... Last night, well, so they they beat the Sharks five to one, and right. then last night in Vancouver against Vancouver, Novak has a great pass to Kiefer Sherwood Man. to get a goal. That was a beautiful play. It was it was. Uh, I tell you what, that was an electric goal because everybody, everybody, outside of people <laughs> up in the in the media section, uh, just shot up. Place went crazy. I mean, it was it was uh, it was a game changing moment. Uh, that unfortunately did not come to fruition at the end of the game. But, man, that was that was a great, like, like I said, electric goal. I talked to Tommy today after practice, which I want to actually mention something about practice later later in the show that was, uh, I thought, interesting. But um, And I, I just made a comment to Tommy that he made a, had made a great pass on that play, and he was really um, effusive in his praise for Kiefer's shot because he said the pa- the pass came in kind of bouncing. And if you watch it, he's right. Like the the pass came in hopping, right? Yeah. It, it was really a hard pass to collect. But man, that one timer was perfect. He was he thought he thought Kiefer's shot was better than his pass. Wow, that's that's high praise. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you know, it, it can be hard to control a pass like that. But yeah. it, it, he made it look easy. So we're going to talk about those two a lot today. Actually, Sherwood and, and Tommy Novak, they're big. Uh, back to the Sharks game for a second. Uh, Sammy Fagamo gets his uh, first goal as a Nashville Predators player. Power play goal. And he scores it and just hands to the sky, embracing the 17,000 at Bridgestone Arena, uh, including in, in that crowd his mother and brother, I think is what he said. I think so. So he had some family in the in the stands. And then, of course, everyone's favorite moment from that game, Luke Evangelista mm. gets a, a great pass from, from Dante Fabro, but just before that, he got a great stick from Pete Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> so his stick breaks... And uh, he goes re- immediately to the bench, gets the stick from Pete Rogers, goes back out there and, and collects the puck, makes a great move on, um, who was the goalie, uh, Blackwood? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I asked Luke about that goal and about that move, and I I was kind of trying to find out, like, is that his main move? And he think he says basically that's his main move, He, he that he when he's coming in from that angle, when he's coming in straight on and he can kind of move right to left slightly, 
that he moves like that. He 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 fakes in and he cuts across and tries to it's kind of like it's kind of like the Datsuk move but it's not quite as filthy as that. It's it's not the Datsuk. No one's no one's Datsuk. Well, that <laughs> Datsuk. Datsuk is Datsuk. Yeah. But it, it's it's uh, kind of in that same vein of like the type of move. But it was a fantastic move and a great goal, and I was really that was really impressive. So there there have been a lot of impressive moments over this last week, right? I mean, this is – I know the Canucks game we're going to talk about. We're going to save probably most of, the, of, of one of our segments for that. But, I mean, the last week has been pretty impressive. I mean, sure. these, these, three, these three games, lots of impressive goals, some really good play at both ends, some good goaltending – I mean, you can't be too upset about it. No, and I think, you know, you talk about some good moments, and it's coming from people that – I don't like to use the the idea that you wouldn't expect these moments from these people because, you know, you've you've moved a lot of players out – there's a basically a vacuum for for people to rise to the top here and and put on some good displays of of skill and speed and and just nasty shots and things like that. So I I think it's it's great in in the sense that you're getting a chance to see, you know, we've talked for a long time in in the media world of of the Nashville Predators about the youth movement and how we were promised a youth movement and it didn't mm-hmm. happen. And you're seeing some of these younger guys come in and have some of these big moments. I think that's exciting. Yeah, I, I like hearing new names. I, I like I like talking about new players coming in and doing these things. And and, and what a great story for for Figamo to come in and mm-hmm. and have that that power play goal first game with the team. You know, picked up off of waivers, and that's that's exciting. So let's address the the Canucks game uh, to start, and we'll continue this into the the next segment. But th- so that game, I, it felt very weird to me. I felt like there were a lot of odd bounces. Certainly the the Philip G- the Giuseppe goal felt very strange, just the way the puck bounced. It in was that was that whole play was yeah. bizarre. So Soros went for the poke and missed it, and it, it was just that whole thing was strange. But you know, at that point, you know, the Cucks went up three not three to one, and the first two periods of that game, I think the Predators were not playing well. No, it, it wasn't their best performance offensively or defensively it just yeah. seemed like they were having a hard time collecting themselves I feel like the Canucks did a really good job of just really denying them clean zone entries mm-hmm. just made it hard for them to get the game going that they wanted to have yeah force them to play a lot of dump and chase put them on their heels a lot yeah the third the third period sounds like the, the the Predators got it back a little bit and Bruno talked about that today that they really they they finally found their game I think he joked today that you know it was already a late start yeah. And they started even later. Yeah, that's 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 fair. The, the team started if it was if they'd started if it had been a normal game time, game would have been over by the time they even started playing. <laughs> so who knows how long it would have been, how bad it would have been. But uh, we are going to talk about that. We're we're going to address some of the the issues with the Canucks game and some of the comments that I think you have about it and about uh, what you know maybe what the how the team can respond at this point. But you saw some things in the Canucks game that I think maybe I don't know. Well, how would you describe it, Sean? disappointed you frustrated 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 me yeah okay frustrated we're going to hear about why sean's frustrated okay when we when we come back uh from on the other side uh but nashville if you're looking to buy or sell or invest in real estate look no further than salas realty group salas is not just about property they're about people they build long-lasting relationships that are all about you and your needs and your dreams salas realty group stands for trust transparency and community and they are committed to making a positive impact in middle tennessee one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit Salas Realty Group today and experience real estate the Salas way.
Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans. And speaking of the Nashville Spartans, if you would like to go to a game, you should do that because it's a hockey sensation of Nashville. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets. Select your game. Use the promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount on your tickets. Don't miss the excitement. It's a great time. I love it down there. Spartans Hockey. Go check it out. Next game is November 10th, so it's coming up. So you got a couple weeks. But um, all right. So when we, before we left for the break, we uh, we we teased this out. So I, I think I think Sean, there's a lot to think about with regards to the Canucks game, and I think you have something you wanted to say about what what uh, how that all went down. So so I'm just going to give it to you. What what did you see that you didn't like? Okay. Uh, so what did I see that I didn't like? Well, uh, we've already addressed. You know, uh, Coach Brunette already addressed that the team didn't. The game was a late start, and they started playing even later. Like we're not, we're not going to deny that. Like I think everyone agrees. The coach is telling you that, the team saying that. That's that's perfect. Okay, so I here's my thing, and it, it, we have to go back to the summer to really get to it. Is over the summer, Barry Trotz made some comments uh, after the, I guess after they made some some big moves after after free agency opened up and uh, made the comment. And, and I, I, like, I like this. It was a great soundbite. He said, Nashville is not a place. It isn't a place you come to retire. It's a place you come to win. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that was a shot over the bow. Maybe that was a shot at some departing players. Definitely. Um, I, think, I think we all took it for what it was. Like I said, great soundbite. Didn't know if that was uh, you know, the intention when he walked up to the podium that day. He's going to make this comment that's going to shock the, shock the world. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just – Maybe he came up with it on the fly, but it was, it was wonderful, right? Yeah, it was. Great. It was yeah, it was very. It really, I think it. It was a great thing for a lot of people to see. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was total regime change. New coach, new GM. A lot of players out. New players in. New, new aside from the captain, new leadership group. I mean, yep. a lot has changed, right? And you know, look, the the season up until last night has been what it's been. Like, like I said, I was. Surprised, I was disappointed. You said you were surprised. You're, we were expecting less, I guess you could say, than than what we've seen so far. Fair, yeah, for sure. So yeah. last night happens. All right, beginning of the game, pregame hype video. Barry Trotz is on there, and then look, there's doubles down on this whole idea. Makes the comment again directly into the camera. Well rehearsed. Nashville is not a place you come to retire. It's a place you come to win. And yeah. I'm like, yes, this is great. This is the attitude you want to have. And then they played the Canucks. And you get the result that you had last night. And after the game, players and coaches alike make the comment, the other team just wanted it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we wanted to win, but the other team wanted it more. Okay. Now, I think we can all agree, Alex, and, and everybody out there listening in Penalty Box Radio Land, that under John Hines, we saw plenty of uninspired performances where it didn't seem like the team really had a drive to win a game. Yeah. I mean, you can always say, oh, yeah, we did the best we could. That uh, doesn't really mean that it happened. It yeah. was it was frustrating hockey, correct? Yeah, it, that's been the last, like, four or five years, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's not new. It yeah. wasn't new last season. It's, yeah, been, yeah. it's been happening for yeah. a while. End of the LaViolette era, most of the Hines era. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, after these – we're going to get everybody fired up. You don't come here to retire. You come here to win. Mm -hmm. And then you see the Canucks game and it's right back to this. Well, yeah, you know, the other team, they wanted it more than we did. 
I really, I really wanted to win, but the other team wanted it more. Why? Why is this still happening? Like, why? Like, you know, again, we're doubling down. This is a place you come to win. Why are we still seeing a team that doesn't want to win as much as the other team? I, I know that if you're going to put both teams up, obviously they both want to win. I mean, they're not showing up to lose most mm-hmm. of the time unless there's like a really cool draft pick out there you could get. But yeah. In in the in the point where you're saying, this is a place you come to win, why seven games into the season are we saying the other team wanted it more? I, I think okay. So my response would be, the, I I do think that you have to you have to give it some time. I think you're always going to be judged on you know with hockey it's an 82 game season. There's you're going to be judged over the course of a season rather than just in little snippets. It's, it's such a such a long haul, and there's a lot of different things happening. Over the course of a season, if we saw things like that game, you know, once a week, okay, a couple times a week, or just every night, there would be a major problem. And, and I think that you'd have to start questioning some 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 things. But okay. I, I I do think that in in life and in in specifically in this sport, you're gonna have nights where you don't have it. I think that was probably one of those nights. I would say that of the how many periods have they played? They've played 21 periods so far. They've had what like four bad ones? Sure, yeah, no, that's I, pretty good. That yeah, and and look, I mean, last night, last night, let realistically speaking, and I think this is where the frustration comes from. Yeah, is you take away the the Philip DiGiuseppe goal, this weird bouncing nightmare for for UC Soros that mm-hmm. just. That did not go the way anybody expected it to or wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, no one on the Preds wanted that to happen, I guarantee. You take that goal away, it's a tie game. Yeah. I mean, it, you're playing a totally different game the rest of the game after that moment. Um, you know, it, that was a winnable game. So maybe, maybe am I just reacting too harshly too soon? Do we just need to wait until American Thanksgiving and and see how many – of these games there are before we, we make some kind of judgment call? Wait till British Thanksgiving, <laughs> which is never. Yeah. Um, so I, I, no, I, I, think, I think here's I, – I do think you're overreacting a little bit just to the one game. Okay. And, and also, I, I think if, if you were so, – so of the – how many home games have they had? Of the four, th- three, one, two, three, four. 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 They've had four home four. games. All four of those home games, they've played that same video with the with the trots okay. saying that the you came here to win or whatever. And of those four home games, they've won two and lost two. So uh, one of which being the Oilers nonsense, and then last night. Right, you're right. So I, you know, if they if they lost all of them or if they had no jump in their game, I think that would mean that would mean something. But here here here's where I was going to respond. You know, we talked pre-show about this, and here is my response. Okay. I will tell you that you are not the only one who noticed all of this happening and 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 took a uh, harsh tone to the maybe lack of effort or the lack of uh, uh, will or whatever is wanting it more desire. Do you know who did also notice that? I I hope I hope in my heart of hearts that it is Predators head coach Andrew Brunette. It is okay. So because at practice today. They spent quite a lot of time just doing a lot of skating. Ooh. So there was a ton of skating at practice today. And in, in fact, there was not only skating 
like um, as part of drills. I mean, all drills have skating, but th- there was there was non puck skating. Like, oh. and that's and that's usually a sign where it's like this is this is just a it's not a punishment. I, I really don't see it as that. I think it, I see it as more as we need to get back to uh, finding our finding our strength, fi- finding our our sort of work ethic here. And there was a ton of that. And here's what happened. They did this long skating drill at the end where each group went about four or five times. And it was a really full ice, starting, stopping, cutting to corners, um, touching the wall kind of stuff. I mean, this is this was like, this is what you'd see. This is like Mighty Ducks kind oh. of like, let's show them how we do it kind of stuff. Uh, and they did that. And then at the, that was the last thing they did as an organized practice. And then the last, they all gathered in the middle. And Bruno talked for about... Two minutes, maybe. And I couldn't make out everything, but I did hear the words home ice a lot. Ah. I did hear that um, several times. Okay. And I, I, if I had to gather what the message was, it was, we don't look like that on home ice. That, that is me supposing what pop probably was being said, but I would bet that that is exactly what was happening. I'll take is it. Is it was a, we didn't look good on our home ice. We've got a home ice game coming up this Saturday against Toronto. We don't want to look like that again. So no. we'll see what happens to, uh, to, against Toronto on Saturday. But that was what I observed today. So what do you, what do you think about that? Well, that is encouraging. Okay. Uh, I, as short of, you know, Brunette out there with the whistle, blowing it, saying again, and asking them what their name is and who they play for, that's that's what you want to see, right? Yeah. And, and, and he's if, – if, if what you are saying, if you're, uh, you know, you're – not prediction, but your uh, mm-hmm. Im- implication there, your whatever the word I'm looking for is, is guess. correct. Hi- your hypothesis. guess, your hypothesis yeah. is correct. And then, yes, that's that's exactly the response you'd want to see in practice the next day. We've got a couple texts that I want to get to uh, that are kind of related to this. Um, one person, these are not named, these are just numbers that are coming in, but one person says that they want us to address the slow starts uh, that the Preds have gotten to when they jump in the first period, the game is hopeful. Here's what I would say to that. That's true across the board for any team. If you look at the the, the rec- win-loss record of teams that score first, it's like you know, 80, it's like 75%. I mean, mo- most teams, you score first, you're probably going to win the game. It's just the way hockey works. You get up and then you can play defense and prevent goals from happening. Not every team does that, but most teams, if you score first, you're going to win. Now, they need to also be in the game early on. Even if they get scored on first, they need to continue to be you know, getting more chances. So that's, that's how I would respond to that. The other person says, hey, guys, love your Preds coverage. Hey, thanks. Ooh, Appreciate thanks. that. Do you think the inconsistencies are a result of a very young team, or could it be an early symptom of systemic issues? So I I do not think that it is an issue of early early symptom of systemic issues. No, no. Inconsistencies right now are 100% because it's a young team with a new coach and a new system and trying to shake off the the feelings of a, of a previous regime, you know. I agree. And take someone like even like Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi's playing very different this year than he had to last year. Oh, he, he 100%. has to he has a different role. He's not the offense does not go directly through him every time. No, and so he's adjusting. Um, I think Tyson Berry is adjusting. He's now a third pairing guy. Yeah, um, Luke Evangelista's role is different. Tommy Novak's role is actually kind of similar, and he's still kind of producing, right? Yeah. Uh, Parsonen's his role has changed. Forsberg's just coming back from an injury. Big time. 
it, so these inconsistencies, I think, are definitely not a systemic issue right now. And now, if we get to like January, February, and we're still seeing the inconsistencies, then you can start questioning that. But that's how I would answer that question. Or American Thanksgiving. Tell us, uh, tell us about some uh, some defensemen, Sean. Some defensemen. Yeah. Uh, which one do you want to talk about? Well, <laughs> uh, basically. We were going to talk about Barry Trotz and this waiver strategy. We're going to save that for the next for the next segment. So, okay. uh, I did some diving and talked to Barry Trotz about uh, this new waiver strategy that he uh, came up with that that you know they've started using recently that I think is pretty interesting. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're also going to talk about uh, maybe some forwards uh, when we come back from the break. But Sean. Oh, you want me to talk about defensemen? Yes, ah, go for yes, it. I can do that. Uh, you know, the Nashville Predators have had some incredible defenders over the years. Weber, Ellis, Ekholm, Subban, and of course, Yossi. But every great defender needs a great partner. And when you're looking to buy or sell a house in the greater Nashville area, you'll find a great partner in the Salas Realty Group. Their comprehensive listings offer detailed property descriptions, images, and virtual tours for an immersive experience of Nashville homes for sale. At Salas Realty Group, building relationships is their priority. With unparalleled customer satisfaction, make Salas your trusted partner in Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate and also the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. Sean. Yes. Let's talk about Barry Trotz. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I, I read a really interesting article today <laughs> over at www.penaltyboxradio.com. Well, I wrote an article at penaltyboxradio.com about Barry Trotz. So here's what here's what's funny. Uh, I was I was like realizing that you know after the Predators um, added uh, Sammy Fagamo on October second, right before the season started, and then they just recently added Liam Foodie. Uh, I was just went back and I was like, how often did they? they add waivers because it doesn't feel like it's happened that often no it used to happen a little bit more frequently but not that much so in in uh the last five years of david Poyle's uh general managing of nashville he added a couple players there's and, and during the cup run i think they were kind of trying to or the, the 16 17 18 they were kind of trying to pick up some guys but it just does not happen and it hasn't happened since 2021 so it's been two years since they've even tried it uh, now a lot of that is because they it's it's a roster issue. Like you can't you only you can only sign so many contracts in a season, and you only have so much room in your roster. It's not usually a cap issue because they're being that they're usually not that expensive a player. But right. So, but they added these guys, and I I just wanted to find out you know what's the what's the deal with um what's what's the deal with <laughs> airline food? What's the deal with these waiver pickups? What's who, going on? Who are these people? And so uh, I went and talked to Barry Trotz about this specifically, and I actually have audio of Barry Trotz talking about this. I got this at Morning Skate, so it does a little bit of background noise, so you can, but you can still probably hear it. So here was Barry Trotz. You'll hear me in the beginning, here, but here was Barry Trotz talking about the decision to make those two claims and uh, maybe the strategy behind using the waiver wire to add to the roster. The team hasn't really used that strategy as sort of building their roster in, in the past, but where you've made two pickups. I'm just curious about the strategy there. What's what's the mindset behind uh, checking the waiver wire and, and adding it to your team that way? 
Well, I think in the in the past, uh, you know, they've had Preds have been a deeper team. Uh, they're probably a little more in that window where they've they've had a lot of depth. Uh, probably signed a, a lot of that depth. Um, some older players, um, and I didn't do that. I undersigned uh, for the for a reason because I wanted a path for for young guys, but for opportunities uh, like uh, like the two pickups that we we picked uh, picked uh, picked in uh, in Fagno and. Uh, and also Foodie. with uh, Foodie. And if you remember what I, I said, I, I'm always looking to improve the skill if I can, improve scoring, mm-hmm. and ins- or improve speed. Mm-hmm. And in, in the, uh, you know, in Samuel's case, obviously he's a, uh, he's been a goal scorer and he's put up pretty good points. Known as a, more of a skill guy, so that was the swing there. And then the Foodie has got, he's got blazing speed, he really does. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't been able to make. They both of them have not been able to find the consistency to stay on their on their uh, on their respective rosters. But one of the things that you know, been sort of studying a little bit, is they've both been in that through the the bubble period. So a lot of those players didn't get to play a lot of hockey. A lot of those players got put on the team, but maybe weren't ready. Mm-hmm. And in in both cases, they're, they're pretty high picks. They're first and second round picks. To me, they're sort of extra looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both in that 22, 23 year old uh, range. Just you know, you know, at the end of their their first sort of uh, entry contract type thing. Uh, so for me, it's it's some free looks. So I, I know the audio is kind of rough there, but it, uh, the idea is that uh, the one of the big strategies for Barry Trotz was to take advantage of this bubble situation with a number of players who are a number, a number of young players in the 2020, 2021, and and also 2019, and maybe a little before that too, who were trying to make it in the NHL during the bubble sort of off time, like with the COVID situation. And the uh, not being able to get the ice time, I'm sorry, get the game time that they needed. So even though their their development paths kind of were already open and, and their clock was ticking, right? They couldn't get the game time. And I think uh, Fagamo is a good example of that, but Foodie's a really good example of that because he was a first round draft pick and made it. He actually played in the bubble for Columbus against Tampa. Yeah. And scored a goal. His first NHL goal was a playoff goal. And then kind of had couldn't play as much anymore because then once they got knocked out of the playoffs, then they had to wait, and there was that shortened season. Yep. And he didn't get to play as much, and he did, they couldn't send him down to play in the AHL or wherever because those teams weren't playing, uh, or at least some of the leagues weren't playing. And it, it just was it was really interesting to hear him talk about how he's really looked at that era specifically that those, those couple years specifically as a way of saying we need to find some some uh some nuggets there that may be waiting to be found some some gold there's gold in those hills and i'm gonna i'm gonna find them well i think it's that's an interesting perspective coming from a, a first-time gm 
You know, this this isn't someone who went through that process or through the those COVID years, you know, as yeah. as a GM who is just dealing with it and seeing the problems with it. This is somebody who is able to sit back and maybe look at it from a different standpoint and now come in and say, hey, like you said, there's gold in them Nar Hills. We're mm-hmm. going to go find some nuggets. And I, I I, I like the way it's playing out so far. He's also very open. He, with me, he was very open about, look, these are just looks. He was saying, he said that many times. He said that he called them free draft picks. That's the title of the article that, I'm, that I wrote is free draft picks inside Barry Trotz's active waiver strategy. I mean, he called them free looks. These are just free picks. We can bring these guys in. We can look at them for a while. We can put them in game, see how they look. If we don't like them, then we wave them. And he was very open. He said he, he, that's what he told Foodie. He said, Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it's going to take you a while to get in the game. Sure. Once you get in the game, you're not going to get many looks. But we we want to test you out. And I think that what what he was really saying there is, I I think there's a subtext here, and the subtext is named Philip Tomasino. Okay. So there's a there's a guy named Philip Tomasino on this Predators team that a lot of people know. I've heard of him. Who's not playing right now? Okay. And I think maybe they don't know if he's going to be that guy. I think that they are they are in flux with him. But he, interestingly, he's in the same situation that Trotz was describing, that he can't get game time, right. so he can't play. Now, I think there's a very good chance that he's going to get some game time, but it's not going to be in Nashville, <laughs> meaning Milwaukee, of course. Well, he, well, here's the thing, and let's make sure that everybody listening knows this. What happens if they – do they have to waive him to send him to Milwaukee? Yes, for sure. Yeah, he, he's, he's waivers exempt. So he, he – what does that mean? So if they wave if they wave Philip Tomasino, he goes he just goes to Milwaukee. Nobody else can claim him. Correct. Yes. Okay. Right. So that's yeah. that's. Sorry. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. No one else can claim him. If you're if you're exempt from waivers, then you just go directly to Milwaukee. I think that's probably. I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before that's where Tomasino goes. And I think that's an important distinction to make because I, yeah. you know, for a lot of people, you hear about waivers, you talk about a player not getting time, yes. and you're like, well, they waive him, somebody else is going to pick him up. And well, oh, that's yes, a valid fear. Yeah, but if you're exempt, which at certain ages and if right. it, how far are you out from your draft year, correct. And so uh, yes, he's exempt from waivers, so he would just go to Milwaukee. But uh, but Fagamo and Foodie would not be. So, like, the, these guys, they want to test them out, maybe put them in a game or two, see how they look, and then if they don't work out, they wave them. And then they either go back to their old teams or they someone else picks them up or maybe they go to Milwaukee. So, And, and going to Milwaukee wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If you, if you, Again, very good article I read today at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. You know, the idea here is that these are guys that are coming in with – with a good skill, uh, with mm-hmm. Foodie, it's speed. With Fagamo, it's a shot. Uh, you know, down, down in, north in, up in Milwaukee. Uh, the uh, the head coach there, Carl Taylor, is very good about building out that skill set. So mm-hmm. when they do get the chance at the NHL level again, they can make a good impression with more than just what they're known for. Yeah, I also liked how. Um, so I asked him about because Liam Foodie played with Luke Evangelista for the London Knights in in. Um, in the OHL, and I think in, uh, initially people were like, oh, well, he, that must have been the plan, put them on a line together. Trot said he didn't even realize that they played together. Yeah. He didn't even – didn't even, he said it's all about the player. Yeah. He said, I want to get faster. Liam Foodie's got speed. Bring him in. Yeah. That was it. It That's had nothing – it wasn't It wasn't like thinking too, too much about it. It was just I've seen this guy. He's fast. And if you watch some highlights, I put together some highlights on, on uh, Twitter – Showing just what he can do. He is a he's a very fast he's player. He's fast. He's got some speed to him. You know, I, can he do? 
another thing he talked about was, you know, does he have that secondary skill? Right. He's got a primary skill. Liam Foody does. He's got a primary skill of speed. Fagamo, same kind of thing. His his primary skill is probably his his shooting or his goal scoring. I think is what he said. You know, Phil Forsberg's primary skill is his goal scoring. Probably Roman Yossi's primary skill is his skating. Um, I can't, I'm not going to go through everyone, but <laughs> you get the point. But <laughs> everyone understand. also has to have secondary skills. Oh yeah. He gave a, he gave Ryan O'Reilly as the example of a guy who has about ten secondary skills. That guy has a primary skill if he's a winner. His secondary skills, puck battles, uh, face-offs. He's a playmaker. He plays great defense. He wins. He, 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 uh, he's good at clearing pucks. He's good at blocking shots. So Ryan O'Reilly's like, he has a, his list of secondary skills is crazy. There's a lot of guys that have a primary skill that do not develop a secondary skill or a complementary skill, right. is what he said. So they don't have a lot, you know, guys that don't have that, you know, they just, they don't they don't make it. They, they're AHL guys or they're not in the league anymore. Right. So. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit more about some of the forwards. Maybe we're going to, I want to touch on something I went to today with community week. That was fun. That I think you, uh, you enjoyed as well. I did. Uh, I know you weren't there for it, but I, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. I lived vicariously through you. You did. So we'll talk about some community week stuff. We'll talk about the Preds a little bit more and then we'll finish off with the three on three draft. But look, buying a home, it can be stressful. It's a huge decision. There's a lot of things to consider and analyze. But with an experienced real estate professional at Salas Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or you're just selling a property, home buyer, or you're selling your property, Salas Realty can help you every step of the way. Their intimate knowledge of Nashville is going to help you and match you with the perfect home. If you want to get started, go to salasrealtygroup.com. Experience real estate the Salas way. Welcome back into Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate and the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team. All right, so I want to tell you a little bit about what I saw at Community Week real quick because uh, that that's going on this week. The Predators every year have a community uh, outreach uh, week where they do all kinds of different things. They go to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. There's the clay shoot thing that I went to today. They're going to play pickleball tomorrow, I think. Ooh. There's a there's like a Q&A thing. There's a lot of stuff with kids and, and that, kind of, that sort of thing. It's great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's always exciting. But, Sean, I went to the clay shoot for the first time. Okay. So you, you've you this has been a, a long-time thing. I think it started, like, did Mike Fisher start it? I, well, I, I know that right. he, he has one. I don't know if it if these are separate events or if they've merged events. I think but... it's merged. I think okay. it's what it is. But, it, I, yeah, it's, it's a – Basically at the at the Nashville Gun Club, I think it's called, and it's like a clay shoot. So I didn't know what this was, okay. but it's basically like if you can picture like a golf course, but instead of each each eighteen holes is a is a course where you hit a ball. It's there's like a thing set up where you can shoot these clay things. Yeah, I I, I didn't know this. This I, was not a. I, I grew up at a rod and gun club, so I uh, pretty a, familiar with a this. rotten gun club. A rod. And gun a rod and gun. The Richmond Rod and Gun Club I thought you were saying, in Richmond, California. I thought you were saying, like, I grew up this rotten gun club. I grew up in a... No, I, it's just it's a place where you can fish or you can shoot. Got it. Okay, I understand now. So I went to this clay shoot, and uh, several predators were there. Ryan McDonough, Gus Nyquist, Yakov Trennan, and Cole Smith. Now, first things first, Cole Smith came prepared. because This is Cole Smith's wheelhouse. Yeah. This event. I believe it. He brought his own gun. It's a nice gun, too. He brought his own, uh, what do you call them, headphones? 
Ear protection. Ear protection. He brought his own ear protection. Yeah. Prepared. He had a really fancy, smancy, like, special gun. Everyone else is using, like, the house guns. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's like when you bring your own bowling ball to the bowling alley or whatever. That's, yeah. So <laughs> he was really good, too. He was shooting, you know, I don't know how the points work, but I know that he was among the leaders in the points. I'm sure. So Ryan McDonough was all business just shooting these things. He looked focused. Yakov Trenin did not seem as comfortable. He mentioned that he likes to shoot stationary targets, and so these things were moving, so it was a little harder. Yeah. But, you know, the I, I also talked to Gus Nyquist. Now, okay. Gus, he said he had done this a couple times, but uh, but remember, Gus is Swedish. Yes. So he said, you know, we're not used to this. So the, the Swedish culture is not used to <laughs> handling a lot of guns. Right. So he said, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a culture thing, you know, in the US there's a lot more of this going on. So he was like, uh, I'm not as he basically said I'm not as good at this right. as maybe some other guys because, you know, he didn't grow up in the rod and gun club like you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't not everyone can. Yeah. It's just it's not a part of everyone's life. It's just what my dad was into, so <laughs> Either there or the drag strip. I don't know. Yeah. So it was really cool, though. I mean, like, they, it was pr- it was a really pretty day. And just walking around, and or not walking around, but riding on a little golf cart and talking to him about it. And, uh, yeah, Cole Smith, is he's really good at this stuff. He, he uh, Oh, I, I just want to backtrack real quick, and this is, relates to what I'm just, I was just saying. They had a really hard practice today. Oh, we did talk about this. Yeah. They, they had a hard practice today. Right. Cole Smith said he was – they said that they were pretty tired after the practice. So the, the clay shoot was even more work. Yeah, because the practice was hard, and hopefully, hopefully their shoulders are used to the uh, the, the kick of that shotgun. Oh, I'm they're sure end up with bruises up there. I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm I'm sure they will. Yeah, they're tough guys. I don't think that they were too worried about that, but they they did seem because they also had a late game, right? I mean, it was a, yeah. a later game and the hard practice, and it's then true. they got to shoot, go shoot eighteen holes of clay, <laughs> whatever. How, are they eighteen? Do they do it eighteen? You know, where at the Richmond Rod and Rod and Gun Club, it was. <laughs> You just you rent it out like one of the stalls, and you just stay there and shoot. It wasn't any. Yeah, and by the way, movie. last week's guest of the show, Anthony Bitetto, also out there shooting clay. How did he do? I didn't talk to him. I just we we whizzed past. I saw him and I said, okay. "Hey, Tony," and he's waved. That's awesome. That was it. So um, it, no no real acknowledgement. There were a lot of people out there. I mean, Hal Gill and and Chris Mason and all those people and um, tons of some some country music people that I don't know. But um, we well, you know what I do know, Sean. What do you know, Alex? That it's time for the three-on-three draft. Oh, boy. So let's get it going. Everyone's favorite segment, the three-on-three draft. And today, we are drafting Smells. Could you smell what The Rock is cooking? If you don't know what we're doing, this is the segment of the week where we draft something, a topic of our choosing. And today, we are drafting Smells. Now, Sean, you can draft any smell you want. Okay. But if you draft it, I can't pick it. And if I take okay. it, you can't have it. So you get three smells. You get to take three smells and have that. Those are your three smells. Okay. And I'm going to go. Wait, who goes first? I think I get to oh, go first. Oh, you go first. I? Okay. All now, right. I, I'm going to say, I want to I want to clarify a couple of things was that you said we're drafting smells. And I said, are we drafting good smells or bad smells? And you said, Sean. Uh, we're drafting smells. We're drafting smells. So. Yep. What's to, your first pick? Okay. The first smell, I'm going in the in the three on three draft. Teen Spirit. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You're, you're okay. I see where you're going with this. 
Maybe some of us took it more literally oh. and some of us took it figuratively because okay. my number one draft pick in the smells is coffee. Oh. Well, that's, that's a good smell. Coffee's like the best smell. That's the number one draft pick. Coffee. Uh, the smell of coffee? Are you kidding me? Coffee didn't go platinum, though, did it? Oh, come on. <laughs> the, co- the smell of coffee in the morning, smell of coffee in the afternoon. Even just even just the coffee grounds. I could just smell the coffee grounds themselves. Okay. Just put them up to my nose. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, everybody. All right. Okay. So no, you didn't want to get clearly. Specific. You think you're winning already, but all right. You go. Sec- what's your second pick? I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about victory. I just I just want to do the best I can. You mentioned morning smells, so I'm I'm going with I'd... another morning smell, and that is the smell of napalm in the morning. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. It smells I... like victory, Alex. You definitely have a theme going on here. Do I? Yeah, you okay. have a theme. You have a, a, a very figurative theme. I like your theme. It's oh, pretty well. good. My second pick in the smells draft, I'm drafting pizza. The smell of pizza. No one can deny that pizza smells amazing. I I mean, I'll agree. Well, here's, the, here's how you know. You can not even be hungry. And you walk by a pizza place, and you're like, "Wow, that pizza smells pretty good." You, you, rem- you, you know those, that's true. You remember those chips that that were like pizza flavored chips? Oh yeah, they were called uh, pi- uh, pizzerias. Pizzerias, or pizzerias like yeah. That. That, those yeah. those smelled. You're right. They smelled great. Anything pizza good? Pizza smells good. Oh, I I, I, I don't agree. know. No, what I, I just said was a sentence, I, but. <laughs> Anything pizza smells good. <laughs> so, Alex, we're going to have to have a talk after the show's over. No, look, I just I want to say this. I'm smelling some burnt toast right now, too. I, I am not denying that these are good smells, but I was told we were drafting smells. Yep. It wasn't it wasn't specific to good or bad or food yep. stuff, so we're just going with smells. What's your third pick? My final my final pick in the three-on-three smell draft and this, this is a big one, and, and maybe if you're out of town, you don't know the smell, is the smell of Martin's Barbecue. Okay, so this is a more literal literal one. The yeah. Smell, yeah. No, it's – look, I, I'm going to be honest. Martin's Barbecue smells delicious, and if, if they're interested in sponsoring the show, let us know <laughs> um, because I could talk about them all day. But yeah. you, you know, this is the place where we go every year uh, when we – Fortune smiles upon me in some ways, and that's that usually one of the first days of school every year is, of course, my birthday. And that means that we're still in those days where we get to leave for lunch, and we'll take the whole department out, and we'll go to Martin's Barbecue. Yeah. And you walk in, it smells great. When you leave, you smell like it all day, and it's it's the sweetest cologne you I, can I would st- I would still take pizza over barbecue, but I, I can understand. Well, I can you understand you that. did take pizza over yeah, barbecue. Exactly. My third pick, I already know you're going to think this is silly and stupid and you're not going to like it, but my third pick, <laughs> I love the smell of toothpaste. <laughs> Alex, I... Dude, no no one... Uh, look, I, it, it could be just a me thing, but the smell of toothpaste, it, it's because I brush my teeth at night, it puts me to sleep. It gets me, gets me ready for bed. I love the smell of toothpaste. Alex, it's not that these are bad choices. I'm just disappointed. All right. So my draft picks were in the smells draft, coffee, pizza, and toothpaste. And you drafted teen spirit, victory, what Na- was that? Napalm, napalm in the morning. Napalm in the morning. And then Martin's Barbecue. You kind of went all barbecue. over the place. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of good places. All right. So Connor's going to tell us who wins the smells draft today. Alex, man, I'm kind of disappointed in you. Like, oh. toothpaste? Really? <laughs> 
I mean, I think Sh- I think Sean kind of took the lead and yes! ran away with it. Oh my gosh! With the right. Teen Spirit, I'm that's a huge Nirvana fan. That's so. two, that's that's two in a row, Alex. That is two in a row. <laughs> I just lost the draft two, two times in a row. Two in a row. You can put on your red five helmet with it, though. <laughs> yeah, good call. I'm yeah. gonna uh, I'm gonna good call back. Good start call back wearing on. a crown in for this segment. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live. We'll be back in action next week. Of course, the Predators do play the Toronto Maple Leafs next week, and then they play the Vancouver Canucks, who we just saw on Halloween next uh, next Spooky. Tuesday. Uh, that's starting their, their five-game road trip, so that'll be a late-night game. But uh, until then, thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group and uh, Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. Sean, see you next week. Good night, Alex. Good night. <laughs>